Get ready to turn down the lights and turn up the vibes with two cool fools who are down for whatever. This is Vibe Talking. Even though a lot of these movies are like really fun, like if you start looking into some of this shit, like there's a lot of gnarly shit going on, you know? Even somebody who's like super awesome and seemed like he had a lot of positivity, like just in his enthusiasm for his craft and what he was doing. Harry Reams, there's a lot of darkness to his story. Like there's yeah. there's a certain level of darkness, like with someone like Georgina Spelvin, just the fact that she was going for something and then she's like, well, I guess I'll do porn. She embraced it and everything, but I'm sure at a certain point, she was just disappointed that the other things that she wanted to do didn't work out. The, yeah. What's her name from Linda Lovelace's co-star from uh, Deep Throat? Carol Connors. That's another sort of thing where like she was going for like a mainstream career, didn't really work out. She was like, well, I guess I'm doing more now. That's the unfortunate thing. And I, I want to stress that we don't completely try to ignore those things, but because it's vibe talking. Like we're trying to have like a certain vibe. Yeah, and we're not a history podcast. There are plenty of those. Like we said, Rialto Report. Yeah. If you want to learn more about these people and their stories and the industry and all that kind of stuff, like that is a great show. We are not experts on all of these people and their biographies. You know, no, we're we're like, two people that enjoy talking about movies. Yeah, we're looking at this from like a film review perspective. Like we're talking about the films and sometimes like trivia or things about the people come up, but like first and foremost, like we're here to talk about the movie. Well, and I can also tell you too that like previously when I was doing sequelitis we would get a lot into um, the backstory and like the production if there were interesting stories or issues or anything like that that arose from that like we would we would discuss those sort of things so it's germane to the topic it's just that particularly with this genre of films there is a lot of like dark shit and honestly like my take on it is a lot of that dark shit just arises from the way that America is very repressive and regressive with our views on sexuality. And so for people to be like so confrontational in your, in your face about their sexuality and like to be unabashed and uninhibited, that does take a certain type of individual and sometimes those individuals don't come from the most stable of backgrounds. For me, I'm, I'm very much aware of, of these things, but it's not the most fun to like discuss on them, on something that's supposed to be kind of like fun and lighthearted. But with someone like John Holmes, the fact that like, like we're gonna get into it when we talk about uh, Boogie Nights, but Boogie Nights goes to some very dark places. And it probably could have gone to some even darker places than where like it hints at a lot darker shit underneath the surface of it but that's because that's the sort of shit that existed to be like totally open-minded about everything the porn industry is just a microcosm of the film industry itself like everything that was happening in the porn industry even today like it's the exact same shit that's happening in the film industry itself it's just that the film industry like it's like a Disney sort of thing. Like they're very good at like presenting a front to you and hiding all the terrible shit that's going on backstage and, and trying to keep it from ever coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But is. it's like you've said before, it was a time unlike any other. People were doing shit that had never been done before. There was just this whole like bold, like new frontier to things to where people just they're like, holy fuck, I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe people are paying to watch us do this, to watch us make these kind of movies. I love that all of that got made. Yeah. Like, it's, I think 
there's some fucking good shit out there. And I wish that interesting stuff to say. I, I wish that it didn't take a lot of the human misery that was almost required for some of this stuff to happen. But it's like what you say with uh, Tennessee Williams. Everyone talks about like how great his plays are. Nobody goes like, oh, it's fucked up that like he had to go have these traumatic experiences in order to create the art that he made. Yeah. And if you think that like your favorite artist of all time, whether it be musicians like David Bowie, whether it be Salvador Dali or uh, Pablo Picasso, I mean, the most famous example is, is Vincent Van Gogh. And that was a guy who was he's so horribly depressed that it manifested itself in these beautiful works of art. And that's what people remember him for. They don't remember the horrible depression that he suffered through. Kurt Cobain, it's like all of the music that you love from Nirvana sprang from the horrible feelings that he had inside, the traumatic yeah. experiences. No, that he and had. that's the thing too, is because I feel like that's kind of a slippery slope right there. I mean, I'm not saying I like disagree or anything, but I think like that it could be that conversation could be pushed to the place of oh, like to have good art, you have to have like suffering, and then it's like oh, well, is is human suffering worth it if we get this great art? And that's like kind of a loaded topic right there, you know? No, I completely. I'm not going to say that, you know, about anyone else and anybody else's own experience, but like, I don't know, like in some extent, like, you know, like just me personally, like as an artist and as someone who has had quite a few traumatic experiences, my sense of humor, the themes that I explore, you know, like the fact that I'm doing this podcast, all of that comes from some dark places. Yeah. And that's something I've kind of like gone just in my own healing and whatever, like gone back and forth with where it's like, oh, well, if you're trying to be positive and it's like. I turned out pretty cool and I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for this. So like in some way it's good that this happened and I'm like, well, it's not like good that this happened, but like it happened. Shit happens and it just does happen. And it's just like, you can't do anything about it. It happened, you know? And so it happened. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, are you going to self-destruct or are you going to build something on top of that? Really it's to say life itself is a struggle and that there is a lot of suffering and injustice and inequality that, that happens. You know, it's one thing to sit there and say, like, well, it took Kurt Cobain having, like, horrible experiences and horrible depression in order for him to produce. No, I didn't state it, like, the way that I wanted to. But really what it shows you is that that art that emerges from someone who's dealing with terrible things, that is therapeutic. And that is their yeah. way of working through all of the things and you know sometimes they're not successful you know there's Elliot Smith there's plenty of artists that we've lost because they could not overcome the horrible things that were inspiring them to through a therapeutic process to create great works of art and there are plenty of artists who don't have horrible experiences who aren't suffering from depression that can still create great works of art but it goes back to the Tennessee Williams point yeah. uh, that I think I, I think it's a brilliant fucking point it's one thing to, to sit here and say, like, I don't want to focus on the suffering that, create, that, that went into creating this art. I just want to appreciate the art for what it is, but then, like, have a double standard when it comes to talking about something that is very confrontational, like watching people yeah, have real that, sex that was for the, entertainment. That was the conversation we had. That was the Tennessee Williams point, like, for people who didn't hear that episode or whatever. But, like, I was saying, you know, like, because... I love Tennessee Williams. I very much connect to a lot of his work. And in all of his work, he is directly addressing and processing, like, his trauma and that of, like, his mom and sister and, like, their what their family has been through. Those things come up with his characters all the time, you know? And so it's like, if those things hadn't happened to him, 
he probably would not be writing those particular stories. And people look at his work, you learn more about him and you're like, damn, like that's really sad that that's what he went through. But nobody's like, oh, isn't that really fucked up that he went into writing plays? Like, you know, nobody has that like yeah. judgmental. That's what it is, I think, is the judgmental attitude. People do have a judgmental attitude. It feels really attitude. uncomfortable to enjoy his plays, like knowing what inspired them. Yeah, like his stuff is still classic and relevant and iconic. And I think like there's a different kind of standard with like pornography as, oh, like something really fucked up must have happened to that person to get them to go into porn. Obviously that's not the case for everybody, mm -hmm. but yeah, it is the case for some people. Why can't we look at it from the lens of like, this is a human being and this is an artist and like they've had the experiences they've had and that has put them on their journey and that has like affected the type of art that they create and that those themes are present in their work. And you know what I mean? Like just another medium, it's just another art form. I think to go even further, if we were more willing to be open and receptive to something that is deeply uncomfortable, you know, in saying like, okay, these negative experiences that you had have fueled this expression of yourself and allowing people to be consciously aware of that and not feel shame about it, I think that could lead to a lot more healing rather than just saying, I'm not personally comfortable with that, so I'm gonna turn my back on it, but I'm not gonna investigate this any further. I'm not going to try and be an advocate or you know, an ally or anything. Like, you go do you and I'll go do me. We'll, we'll stay separate from each other on that. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. Shunning the art because you don't like the source that it emerged from is to me just as problematic as anything that led up to that person reaching that, that point in their life. People aren't turning their back on the music of Nirvana because they're just like, oh, well, horrible things happened to get to this point. But when it comes to people's sexuality, all of a sudden everybody gets really uncomfortable and it has to do with the fact that we have this sense of being sexually promiscuous and being sexually expressive is a negative. And it's slowly changing, but I don't know, it's just interesting that there was all this expression that exploded for about a good 12 years and then everything had to fucking get shoved into the back of our closets and grimy little VHS cases and we're just now getting to the point to where it's just like, yeah, you know what? Like, sex work is real work yeah. and people shouldn't be shamed for that. It shouldn't be criminalized. Yeah. Well, maybe we're going back in that direction again. I think like, we shit are. shit keeps just shifting, you know? I definitely think we are and I think this podcast is just one small part of that overall march toward progress. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing you're going to get if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis and tell all your friends about it. And leave reviews, okay? Yes. That's like a whole thing. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even ask for that. But now I am asking for that because I guess it's going to be very, very helpful for us. And also, like, I am just genuinely curious about what people think because I'm a, a narcissist who wants... <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be talking about me. <laughs> we need to know what you think about us. We thrive Unless you don't like it, then just like don't say anything. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Good reviews only. If you're listening to this and you're just like, this sucks, you know what? Fucking keep that to yourself. We don't, we don't need that negativity in our life. I don't want those bad vibes. Get that yeah. away from me. Yeah, this is good oh. vibes only. So wait, let's say I'm just some regular person 
who is hearing this podcast for maybe the first or second time, and I'm like, hmm, you know, these guys seem kind of interesting, and I want to learn more about them. Where can I go to learn more about us? All right, we are in a lot of spots. So if you're talking about just like the podcast itself, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on RSS is our home base. Yes. So we're on a lot of different podcast platforms. If you want to know more about us and our work and see cool pictures of, of our photo shoots and, you know, the play and all the other stuff that's going on in the film, you're going to want to go mostly on Instagram. We have a lot of stuff on Instagram. So there's two Instagrams. There's Good Vibe Cinema and Vibe Talk. Also, we have a YouTube, Good Vibe Cinema. We have a Vibe Talk in Twitter. I mean, it We're exists. We're kind of phasing it out. But I mean, Twitter is, it's more of a shit show than it's ever been. It's yeah. just a fucking So Twitter's maybe not as popular. Uh, we might as well get a fucking account on Parlor, the state of Twitter. I don't of, even know what that is. <laughs> so maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. We have a Good Vibe Cinema TikTok, but there's really not a lot on there. Like, I'll just say straight up, like, yes, we're on other platforms, but like Instagram is where we're like active. So that's where you guys probably want to go. And if you're an intrepid listener with uh, a lot of free time and you're very good at social media and maybe you just like us a lot and you want to give us a little hand with so- with our social media, please reach out. That would you can be awesome. reach us at vibetalking at gmail.com. Let us know. Like you can just send us suggestions. You can send us feedback or whatever you may have. Or if you have a killer phone sex script, yes. you'd like to hear the two of us read, do a dramatic reading of, please, vibetalking at gmail.com. Vibetalking, no G. Yeah. But There's yes. never a G. Mm-mm. The only G is in Gmail, so don't get it confused. Yeah. And then there's yeah. also Good Vibe Cinema. You can always reach out to Good Vibe Cinema yeah. and like send some ideas, some script. If you want to collab, you know. If you want job. to, you know, financially support anything that uh, Vic's trying to do, like, you know, please do that. We do have a Venmo, Good Vibe Cinema Venmo. Oh. And that goes to everything. I mean, that goes to the play, that goes to, like, costumes and props and stuff for our photos for the podcast, you know, like, just any of that kind of stuff. Vibe Talking is available to download and stream everywhere you find podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you like what you hear, make sure to like, listen, subscribe, and share it far and wide so they can keep it rolling. Vibe Talking, a Good Vibe Cinema production.